what's the first thing that you could do? I mean, if, if for example, it's um, you know joining the gym. Well, well, the first thing would be, well, well, where's your gym? Okay, well, you can Google your gym. Okay, so you know where the location is. Can you can you call up the person and arrange to be shown around? Well, yeah, you can make the phone call. You can visit. You, can, you know, it's just breaking it down. But it could even be further than that. It could be, well, I don't have a pair of trainers. Okay, well, how do you sort that out? Do you do you go online? Do you go do you go shopping? To, you know, to buy some. You know, who do you ask? And it's just making the steps so so small that the first step isn't overwhelming anymore. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified KonMari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Our guest today is Sarah Williams. Sarah is the founder of Tough Girl Challenges, which is an amazing platform for women who are taking on physical challenges and overcoming obstacles. Sarah started her professional life in finance, but found it lacking and wanted to do something more in line with her interest in the sporting life, and Tough Girl Challenges was born. As she built up a platform, she found that her blog, public speaking, coaching, and podcast, along with three books that she had written, was beginning to grow a community of girls and women who were motivating each other to reach their goals and achieve great things. She's based in the UK, but reaches women all over the world. Today, we will talk to Sarah about her journey, her work, and get her take on how to move toward being the person you want to be. And we will hear all about her next adventures. Welcome, Sarah. Welcome, Sarah. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we're so glad you were able to join us. So a lot of the people think about chucking it all and setting out to fulfill their passions, but most people never get to do it. You, What motivated you to go from investment banking to starting Tough Call Challenges? It was actually, it didn't, it didn't happen overnight and it didn't happen straight away. But I suppose the backstory was I was working ridiculous hours. I was very stressed. I was very gray. And I had one of those days when I was commuting in London. So I get on the tube in the morning with, you know, hundreds of other people and I travel over to Canary Wharf and I just wouldn't go outside because you'd arrive at the tube station that's the underground mall and then you go straight into your building and you'd work all day. You get your lunch there you get your breakfast there people come and collect your dry cleaning there's a gym on site you can have your hair done you basically didn't need to leave work and I think it was just one day I was I was up on maybe the 15th or 16th floor and I realized I just hadn't been outside I was tired I was gray I was ill and I'd been promoted the year before and I was starting to think right if I want to take it to the next level I've got to you know step it up. And I just didn't have the energy. I didn't have the desire. And I just realized I didn't want to do it. And I and I, I think that was that was a really interesting point because I knew I just wasn't happy anymore. There wasn't any joy in my life, but something needed to change. And I was in a very fortunate position that I did have savings behind me. So I was able to to leave and and know that I didn't really need to do anything for 18 months. So I had this window of opportunity where I could just try and find out, you know, what did I like to do? What did I enjoy? What were my passions? Because I think all too often is you, you go through life ticking these boxes and, and just following the crowd or following what your parents want you to do or fo- following your siblings or your peers. And, and for me, it was a case of, 
going to school, going to university, going down to London, you know, getting in a job. And then suddenly eight years up, like eight years later, waking up and being, whoa, what am I doing? Because I'd never actually thought about what I wanted to do. And, um, even after after I left my job, it was it was an incredibly difficult time period because I just didn't have a purpose. And 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 yes, you could look at what I was doing. I was going traveling, and I headed off to Australia to spend time with my family. I I spent some time in Africa, climbing Kilimanjaro. Um, spent time in Ibiza and Miami and the Bahamas and all these wonderful places. But I think deep down, I still lacked this purpose. And it was actually while I was in um, South America and. When you're in South America, you travel by buses to a lot of the, to a lot of these places, and you can be on these buses for 18 hours, 20 hours at a time. Wow! And it was finally because I was by myself. I was finally had that time where I could just think, and there was no pressure. There was no family. There was nobody who knew me, and it was just this amazing thinking time. And that's when I really started to think, well, what do I like doing? Not what should I like to do, but what do I actually like to do? Where are my passions? What are my interests? And I started to realize that actually, you know, I, I love travel. I love adventure. I love working with women and girls. I love motivating them, inspiring them to, you know, to follow their own passions and their own dreams. And, um, it slowly, slowly, slowly started to come together. I mean, it didn't happen overnight, but that's where Tough Girl Challenges, the idea came from. It then took me, you know, a further six months to actually put myself out there and to launch my website and my blog and then a further six months to actually start the podcast. So it was definitely, um, it's taken quite a long time to get to this point. So I think that's almost, you know, one of the key things. It just doesn't happen overnight. Right, right. So I know that you started with your website. How did you evolve? How did how did all of the components of your platform evolve over time? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, I, I'm not a very techie person at all. But you know, obviously, in the, in the age of the internet, everybody needs to have a have a website. And I thought blogging, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write these blog posts and people will start reading them and get engaged. And I'm going to be able to motivate and inspire that way. And um, started writing no one read my blog. No one read anything. <laughs> and, um, and I realized I basically wasn't getting the traction that I was wanting, even though I was putting out content. And um, I wanted to have more of an impact. So I started reaching out to local schools to see, you know, did they want me to come in, give some motivational talks to talk about some of the different challenges that, that I've done, such as climbing Kilimanjaro and, you know, all the traveling that I've done. And a lot of them took me up on this offer. And I started going into local schools to talk to primarily girls and young women. And it was, um, that was almost the next step was doing the motivational speaking. And, and from there, I was asking these girls, you know, well, what, what are your goals? What are your plans? What are your ambitions? And many of them didn't have any or they wanted to basically to, to grow up to be pretty and we have something in the UK called a wag which is when you're the wife and girlfriend of a footballer so it would be the same thing as you know being the wife or girlfriend of like an NFL player or basketball wow. player and you know in your heart just sinks and you think this is our future generation of young women growing up and and why is it like this and I think I was just at home flipping through the papers and I thought hold on where are all the women? Why can't I see any women athletes, women adventurers, women explorers? I just couldn't see the female role models. And I like to think, you know, 
I'm educated, I read a lot, but if I'm struggling to find the women, what are 14, 15, 16-year-old girls, how are they going to be able to, to find these role models? And um, and podcasting at that time was, uh, was you know, was, was still a very new medium and I mean, it had been around for a while. And I just thought, what about podcasting? And I had a very good friend who said, Sarah, do a podcast, interview these women, share their stories. And my first response was, I'm not technical. I don't know how to do this. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so it took me a further six months you know, to figure it all out. But that's when I started podcasting. So I started in um, back in 2015, in August 2015, with four episodes. And it's just grown and grown and grown since then. And I've now interviewed over um, 140 women from all ages, all backgrounds, a whole variety of different stories with the sole purpose of, you know, helping to increase the amount of female role models in, in the media. But as, as you all know, like podcasting is such a powerful medium because you get to hear the passion in people's voices when they're talking and and when they're sharing really vulnerable moments. So, you know, on, on the Tough Girl podcast, we talk a lot about fears, you know, fear of failure um, and, and, you know, not succeeding. And we talk about mental health and, and dealing with anxiety and the nerves and, you know, that that feeling in the pit of your stomach when you know you want to step outside your comfort zone, but you don't know how to take that step. And, um, so that's sort of that's sort of how it's evolved. And then I did a I did a challenge um, a challenge last year where I thought, well, if I'm if I'm talking the talk and you know wanting to encourage more women and girls to get fit and active and to travel and explore, then I've got to do something myself. So I decided to to through hike the Appalachian Trail, which is um, a hike the longest only hiking footpath in the world on the east coast of America, which starts in Springer Mountain, Georgia, and heads all the way up to Maine. And I ended up walking 2,190 miles in 100 days, and I started to to vlog that challenge because I wanted to. Show show um, other women and other girls that actually when you are out on these challenges it's not fun 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 all the time and actually what it looks like to be out there challenging yourself and I wanted to show those those raw emotions and the hardships and the difficulty and the suffering but also I wanted to show the joy and the fun and the, the pleasure that you can get from pushing your body to the limits I love how you reference how this journey and these adventures, they're not always glamorous. They have kind of two sides to it. They're trying to do it, make change, I guess, uh, intentionally, but there's some unintentional things that happen as well. Uh, and you've interviewed amazing women on your podcast. Do you find that there's like a thread between those conversations? It, most of the tough girls on your show, they have a goal. They keep it in mind, they set it and they achieve it. Like, is there, is there something that they all run across something that happened to all of them, no matter what the adventure is or no matter what the circumstance was? Uh, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Amazing question. I think it's, it's something that I've really started to focus in on and something that comes up over and over and over again. Well, it's almost two things is one is the fear because it's just this this feeling that I don't know if it's just specifically based to women, but it's mm -hmm. the fear of what other people are going to think about you. Are people going mm -hmm. to judge you? It's that fear of, well, what if I fail? What if I can't do this? What, you know, what will people think? And uh, people tell themselves the, these stories. And, and I have, um, you know, I've, I've I've interviewed women who, who basically tell me, I'm an ordinary woman. I am scared of uh, sleeping outside in a tent. I'm scared of bears. I'm scared of snakes. I'm scared of the dark. But I still go out and do it because I need 
they need to basically to push themselves to to help build that internal um, self-confidence. And the only way you build self-confidence, it's not by saying, I'm confident, I'm confident, I'm confident over and over again. It's by going out and doing doing a challenge. So not only have you got you know the fear, the, the other thing which comes up as well, and, and I think which is really interesting is it's taking that first step because it is the hardest step, no matter whether it's starting a podcast, starting a new job, you know, starting the Appalachian Trail. Um, but actually, once you start, you actually, you do build momentum and things start moving forward. But some people, it, it's that start, it's that initial start. And I think that's the really interesting aspect that so many people let things overwhelm them and they just think, I couldn't, I could never do that. I could never do that. Whereas actually, they're, they're almost thinking too big and they need to bring it right back down to, well, what's the first thing that you could do? I mean, if, if for example, it's um, you know joining the gym. Well, well, the first thing would be, well, well, where's your gym? Okay, well, you can Google your gym. Okay, so you know where the location is. Can you can you call up the person and arrange to be shown around? Well, yeah, you can make the phone call. You can visit. You, can, you know, it's just breaking it down. But it could even be further than that. It could be, well, I don't have a pair of trainers. Okay, well, how do you sort that out? Do you do you go online? Do you go do you go shopping? To, you know, to buy some. You know, who do you ask? And it's just making the step so so small that the first step isn't overwhelming anymore. I love that tip. And I I would love to hear more about kind of maybe some of the fears that you faced when you were breaking your journey, your most recent adventure down into small steps. I'm from Virginia, so I'm familiar with the Appalachian Trail. And I think it's amazing that you hiked the whole thing. That's Aww. just crazy. So um, yeah, w- were there certain barriers or times that you just felt like you wanted to give up or... Oh my God, absolutely. And I I think it's, um, I mean, even before I started the opportunity, this is actually a great, a very practical tip, which I found, which anybody can do. But what I did was when I was at home in my nice, comfortable environment, um, I basically got a piece of paper out, drew a a line down the center. And on the left-hand side, I would write down, I wrote down my fears. So um, what if I get injured? What if it rains? What if I run out of money? What if I have my kit stolen? What if I have to deal with a bear? Um, what if I get sunburned? You know, what if I run out of water? So basically wrote down every single fear that I had. And then on the right-hand side, side of the paper, I went through those those what-if scenarios and put my solution in. So it could be like, okay, well, what happens if you know my, my kit gets destroyed? Okay, can I fix it? What could I fix it with? Okay, I could fix it with duct tape. What if I get wet? Okay, well, you're gonna when you get to the shelter at night, you'll be able to dry off and dry your clothes. You can dry them in the sun. What if you face a bear? Okay, let's. And then I'm thinking, well, I don't know how how I would face a bear. What do I do? You've got the amazing Google, and you can just look and do your research. So while you're in the comfort of your own home, you can actually think through these scenarios, plan what you're going to do. So actually, when you are out there or you know depending on whatever it is that you're doing it's not this completely new situation because you've actually already thought it through previously and you've had that time to to think and you may not remember everything and obviously you can't control for everything that happens on on an adventure or a new challenge that you undertake and that's part of the challenge is this unknown but by even doing that simple exercise you will have ticked off a lot of those a lot of those fears and sometimes it, it just does it does just come down to oh, okay, well, if I get wet, then I get wet. Or if my feet hurt, then I've got to still carry on walking or you know, whatever it may be. But that was something I did before the trail. But while I was out on the trail, 
I think I definitely, you know, the first night camping, first night putting up my tent, the first time I saw a bear, um, when I realized um, that I was behind schedule. So I, I was needing to manage to walk 22 miles every single day. And I basically ended up getting behind because I, I couldn't start out with that mileage. And so from day 30, it was like, I'm, I'm never going to finish this. I'm, ne- I'm not even a quarter of the way through. And then day 50, I'd made it uh, like 1,200 miles, which, no, sorry, 1,000 miles by day 50. But I still had a further 1,200 miles to go in, this, in the same amount of time, but I was getting weaker and I had more challenging terrain. And it very much becomes a mental battle and it was and the interesting thing as well and i don't know if you guys do it as do it too too is the it's the pressure that we put on ourselves because no one had said to me sarah you've got to walk the appalachian trail in 100 days <laughs> I, you know that was my challenge that's what i wanted sure. to do to make it challenging to me um so i think you're always facing these fears but when you face them when you overcome them it does empower you and it does just make you a stronger person well, that's so great. Um, in, in Kanmari, a lot of times we, well, all the time we, we, we have our clients take a look at, at a, a vision for the, of their future self. So what would you like to see yourself doing in the future is a question that we, we often ask ourselves as well as our clients. And, um, y- you know, your discussion around trying to break that vision down into smaller pieces makes so much sense and is so much more doable. Um, one of the things that our clients, often experience is that they become much more interested in experiences and adventures than they are in material things. So for a lot of our clients are just now embarking on this idea um, of looking for an adventure and doing something outside of the usual routine of, you know, going to work and um, buying stuff and sitting in front of the TV set. So, um, you know, just the, the getting started and setting goals, I think is really um uh, a, a real challenge for a lot of people. How do you decide what goals you're going to set for yourself for your next adventure? You know, I'm actually going through this um, this at the moment because I, you know, last year I I made this decision for my life what I was what I was going to do, which was I was going to go and through hike the Appalachian Trail, and then when I came back, I was going to start at university and do my masters in women and gender studies. So I had, like you said, this very very clear vision of of my of my year ahead. I could envision myself standing at the top, finishing the finish line of the Appalachian Trail, which was actually my birthday, standing on there, wow. completing the trail. I could see myself starting university and it was incredibly clear. But I think what I've struggled with this year is by not having any goals. So I don't really have like any goals at the moment. But what I found that works for me is actually just sometimes just being open and not necessarily panicking. I don't have any goals. I don't have any goals, but actually just letting things evolve. And even if it's just sitting down and just you know, writing down, journaling, bullet pointing, you know, what do I enjoy? What am I looking for? And exactly like you said, it's, it's about the moments. It's about the experiences. And it could be from little ones, from going to visit the zoo or, or going to visit a friend or, you know, traveling to a new city. Um, it could be the physical ones or 
you know, there's a whole variety of different goals that you can that you can do. Um, I always do say, you know, dream big. I think that's amazing. You know, do the things that scare you, but actually, don't be afraid of starting small. And I, you know, I've interviewed uh, one woman who was she was 36 years old. She is mother of two, and every evening she'd be lying on the couch drinking you know, a bottle of wine, and she just realised that this was her life, and actually, she wasn't enjoying it. But because she didn't know what she wanted to do, she decided that she was going to set herself the challenge of trying 100 different new sports. So suddenly she was out there trying trampolining, swimming, Nordic walking, triathlon, um, cycling, bowls, um, you know, anything and everything, adult gymnastics, um, you know, anything and anything that she could do. And through that experience, she actually found what she really enjoyed, which was golf. But she wouldn't have known if she didn't try. So sometimes you've actually got to just put yourself out there and think, okay, well, I don't know much about playing chess or joining a book club or playing tiddlywinks or or whatever it is. But actually, if you go and do it, you'll soon know whether you like it or not. And then at least if you don't like it, you can cross that off your list. And if you do like it, then you can start thinking, okay, well, how can I evolve this? How can I how can I move this forward? I mean, one thing that I found um, incredibly powerful and in what I did with with my with my community with my tough girl tribe was in um, w- was last year we did uh, seven goals in 2017, and every woman wrote down their seven goals. And my key message was: this is not about comparison. So you know, my goal is to go through the Appalachian Trail. I donate my hair. Um, I wanted to start my masters and a few other things, but not everybody's going to have the same goals and that's okay because it's it's if you're just starting out and if your goal is to run a 5k that is awesome but if you're an experienced runner and then your goal might be to go and run a 50k that's still equally as awesome just one is not better than the other it's only it's only if it matters to you so you've got to make your goals personal to you something that gets you excited in the morning when you wake up and you're like oh my god yes i'm going to go and do that and sometimes it's it's hard work to go after your goals but i think if you can think about your goals write them down that's a key thing write them down tell somebody about them and almost coming back to your to your point you mentioned about a vision is i create a vision board so i actually i put pictures up there of, of things i you know places i want to go things that i want to achieve so you know i did have a picture of the appalachian trail i created my own certificate of achievement for through hiking in 100 days i've got my certificate of achievement for for do, completing my master's degree i've got pictures of um I want to go to back to Rio and go to the carnival and I, I want to go to Bali and, you know, these various little pictures that I've got. And then I can look at it every single day. And it's just this little reminder. Oh, that's what I want to do again. That's what I want to do again. I, I, th- I find that very powerful. Well, that's great because we love vision boards here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're all about the vision and you have been an amazing inspiration to us and your tribe. I mean, the stories. Very cool. Definitely check Sarah's uh, podcast out. And it's Tough Girl Podcast, correct? Correct. Yes. yes. And you also have three books and a blog and you uh, speak as well um, around the country and you are always thinking about the next adventure, which is so cool. Uh, the What techniques and tips 
do you or could you share to help you plan your time? But I would never like even know the resources to use to have the type of experience that you and your guests have had. Uh, where should someone start? So um, it's to, to be honest, the best place to actually start is Google. Like just to find out, you know, depending on what you want to do is go to Google and then you just find this ton of information and it could come in the form of books or blogs. YouTube is also another very powerful resource. And I think it comes back to, you know, how do you learn? Do you learn by audio, by listening? Do you learn by watching other people? Do you learn by doing, by reading? And it just depends on on what's going to work for you. And um, that's I also find making lists an incredible, an incredible way to sort of help me organize what I need to do. And again, breaking it down into smaller and smaller steps. So what was interesting about the Appalachian Trail for me is I didn't actually financially have the money to, to walk the trail. Like I didn't have loads of money available to me. So it was done very much on a piecemeal basis. I, you know, I worked backwards from when I wanted to finish the trail to when I need to start. And then suddenly it was like, okay, well, the first things first for me is I need to make sure I can get into America. I need to get my visa sorted. So before I could sort of do anything, that was my number one goal. And I think if you can break things down into an order, into a structure, it makes things a lot easier. So as soon as I knew that I got my visa, my visa was approved. The next thing was I'd done a talking gig. I got paid. It's like, right, let's book my flight to America. Book my flight. Then it's insurance. And you can just slowly, slowly work your way through it. And you know, four or five weeks before I left, I still didn't have a tent, which is obviously quite important wow. when you're when you're hiking. And to be honest, I didn't know how I was going to afford to pay for it to pay for a tent because I needed money for other things. And sometimes the universe works in mysterious ways. But I actually, you know, I had a friend reach out to me and sort of say, "Oh, Sarah, are you, are you still looking for a tent? Can I, you know, would you like to borrow mine? It's super lightweight. It weighs like a pound. You know, I'd love for you to borrow it, for, you know, to borrow it for this adventure." And I think things like that do happen. And one thing that I massively noticed on the Appalachian Trail was the kindness of strangers. So sometimes I would run out of food. I would run out of water. But I'd pass these individuals who'd be like, do you need some water? I'm like, yes, please. And they give you water. I mean, even on the my final day, my summit day, I basically, on the day 98, I walked 33 miles. On day 99, I'd worked through, walked 33 miles. So I'd done two ultras back to back. I had run out of food. And in the morning, I, I was staying at this campsite, but I got up at 6.30 and the campsite store was closed. And I was remember looking in the window, seeing all this food, but not being able to get access to it. So I had to, you know, carried on anyway did another 10 miles and came across this woman and her daughter and I was just like I'm just gonna have to ask and I was just like um, excuse me I'm really sorry but do you have any spare food that you could <laughs> give me and people will help you and and so the point of that is that if you do have a goal or a challenge or something that you're going at by telling people nine times out of ten people will look for ways of how they can help you, how they can support you, what knowledge they have, what resources they have. So if you do say, you know, actually, I want to go and do a 5K, people might say, well, have you heard of Park Run? Have you heard about this app, um, you know, Couch to 5K? Or I've got this running buddy, he could help you. Or, do you, you know, I can run with you and walk with you. I think people like, well, this is what the impression I get, that people like helping to support other people and to achieve their achieve their goals because they can then feel a part of it to know that they've contributed in some way to to make somebody else you know achieve something that they never thought they could 
I love that. Like attracting what you need essentially in the moment. Planning, of course, as you said, yeah. Google is what's your friend. Yeah. But really in the end, when you're in the moment, just whatever you needed came to you at the right time. That's awesome. We had something on the trail um, where basically the trail, the trail will provide. If you need something, <laughs> sure. the trail will provide. And uh, on, on summit day, you, you're, you're climbing Mount Katahdin and there's these massive, massive boulders and you're scrambling up the rocks. And I could feel that my hands were starting to get quite shredded from, from like the bouldering and the rock climbing. And I was thinking, oh, my, especially once I got to the top, I really need a pair of gloves. My hands are just so, uh, so sore. I'm not quite sure how I'm going to manage to get down because they're starting to feel really delicate. And just li- honestly, I, I'm not joking, just lying on the trail with these, with this pair of gloves. <laughs> and so I was just, and I was just like, I, I remember asking, are these enemies? Everyone's like, no, no, no. So I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So, you know, coming down with these amazing pair of gloves, my hands were protected and I left them at the bottom and in the hut, you know, for other people to use. And it is that, that thing, you know, the trail will provide and yeah, you, you just sort of attract this stuff into, into your life. It's, it's amazing. I love that stuff. Well, I do too. I think, um, I love this idea that that given the opportunity to help, most people are just genuinely good, you know. And they, if you give them, if you give them a task like, you know, I, I would really like to have a power bar, then they will rise to the occasion. So I think that's so, such a neat experience. One of the things you have this motto that is so awesome. It says, "If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you." Um, I just love that. And I'm wondering if you could tell us about some of the the transformation, some of your favorite transformations that you've that you've heard about or have been a part of with your guest. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh my god, there's there's so many to choose from. I mean, I've got um you know, one 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 from my story is um when I when I launched uh, Tough Girl Challenges, I decided that I wanted to launch by doing a big physical challenge. And there's something called the Marathon de Saabs, which is uh, Marathon of the Sands, and it's run in Morocco every single year. And it's where you run six marathons in six days across the Sahara Desert, carrying everything that you need on your back. And the water is rationed, but they provide you with with water in a tent space. And it's this incredibly physically, mentally demanding challenge and my I suppose my sort of transformation was it is initially I was planning to do this in 2015 and I ended up overtraining burning myself out and at Christmas time I um I was basically bed bound with chronic fatigue I was severely anemic my period had stopped um I was completely underweight my hair was falling off I had horrendous acne all over my face all over my shoulders it was like my body had completely broken down and so the transformation that I had to go through was even at this point I was still wanting to motivate and inspire but I felt like a complete fraud because I'd be sharing these like motivational quotes on Instagram and you know these motivational sayings and be lying in bed not being able to do anything not being able to move and that for me was this huge transformation because I, I needed to realize that actually I needed to have balance in my life and that I couldn't be so extreme. I needed to change my diet. I needed to change what I was eating, how I was training. And then in the, the following year, I did end up doing the Marathon de Saabs. But the challenge for me wasn't actually completing the race. The challenge for me was actually getting to the start line so that I was fit and healthy and, and strong. And that was 
you know, a very sort of transformational experience in terms of the way that I know that I need to put health as my number one priority and that actually you can't work all hours of the day. You need to make sure that you are sleeping correctly and eating right and making sure that you do exercise and that you're looking after your own mental health and, and well-being. And I think that was a real sort of wake-up call and something that I've used going forward. Um, in terms of, of transformations from, you know, from, from other women that – uh, that I've that I've interviewed, um, I did something really quite interesting and different in, in 2017, which is where I took the stories of seven ordinary women and followed them throughout the year, uh, so we could f- catch up on the, on their goals and on their plans and how it was all going. And that was really interesting because I think many times people just see what other people have achieved and they think, "Oh, that was easy," or you know, they didn't struggle to get to that point, or it just happens happens for them. And one of the stories which uh, really sort of struck a chord with a lot of people was a girl called Laura Try. And Laura's goal was to row around Great Britain. And she needed to raise £25,000 to do this row, uh, which I think is maybe about $40,000 to a big expensive race. And the interesting thing about Laura was that she was actually homeless at the beginning of the year. And yet she'd still, sorry, the previous year, but she'd still decided to go out and do this challenge. And it possibly was one of the most, it was, it was so hard watching her go through this, trying to raise the money, seeing all the methods that she, that she used, trying to get her fitness up to date. And it was really touch and go whether or not she was going to make it. But she ended up going on this row around Great Britain. And the difference even in her voice from, you know, from when we spoke before, where she was basically almost having a mental breakdown from doing this. She was so low and so depressed, but she persevered on to when she actually finished rowing around Great Britain. And she was just in this whole other place. And what's amazing now is that, you know, rowing is one of her passions. She's, she quit her previous job. She's moved on to work for, a, for another company called Rannoch uh, Challenges who build boats. She was part of the, 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 uh, of helping the support crew for the, for the, for the row across the Atlantic, which happened um, earlier on. And she has just completely changed who she is, what she does and, and how she does it. And I think that that can happen a lot with women. I mean, even even my own mum, I'd say my mum's in her 60s and uh, she started the gym with me a couple of years ago, but she's never been much of a runner and she wanted to do a 5K. That was her goal. And I, you know, I went with her and I supported her and she got around without stopping and Oh, you know, the sense of achievement, like she was just buzzing and her confidence, it just increased so much from setting out to run nonstop 5K, you know, three miles. And the fact that she went out and did it was just so inspiring, not only, you know, for herself, but to everybody else who knew her. It was like, oh, Chris, you've gone out and done, wow, that's amazing. And I think that those transformations, when they happen, they not only impact on you, but they can also impact on your friends and family and the people who surround you because they'll look at you and say, well, well, if she can do that, maybe I can. Love it. That's such a great story. I have goosebumps. Well, Sarah, before we leave you, we have one more question for you. You've already inspired us so much. Thank you for sharing your story and the stories of other in your community. Uh, at this very moment, what sparks the most joy for you in your life? I'm sometimes, you know, what, you know, when people talk about Mondays and they, they're like, oh, it's Monday. It's the start of a new week. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. <laughs> but, but I love it. I am just, when I look at my life and, and I compare it back to how my life used to be, 
I'm actually, I'm so privileged. I'm so happy in that I have this control over my life, what I want to do, how I spend my time. And the, the joy that I get at the moment is, is to be honest, it's from everything. I mean, I love my health. I love, I love my fitness. I love the podcast. I love, I've, I'm doing interviews at the moment. I love sharing these stories. I love receiving you know, emails from members of the Tough Girl Tribe telling me because of you, I've just signed up for my first race. Or I'm going to do a triathlon or I was really nervous about doing this, but you know what? I'm persevering. You know, this one lady emailed me saying, you know, she, she started at the gym and she, and she's quite anxious and quite shy. And, um, she, she was in the gym and, you know, some there's big heavy weights everywhere. And she heard, you know, there was other people there they were grunting away and making all this noise and she felt intimidated, but she stuck it out. And I was just like so proud of her because I thought that's so difficult to do. And yet she did it. She continues to go back every single week. And that just makes me so happy. I also love the fact that I, I am building this platform. I'm getting to study more about um, more about gender, more about women in particular by doing my doing my master's and, and, and this course because it's given me this opportunity to really understand about feminism and equality and women's rights, which I don't really... I feel as though I don't know enough about. Um, so I just feel very privileged and joyous with everything, really. So, uh, sorry, that's such, a, <laughs> such an awful answer. I'm too happy with everything. But um, life is sparking joy. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm honestly trying, I mean, I could flip it on the other side and say, you know, I'm suffering from a knee injury at the moment for, from, from doing the Appalachian Trail. And that's been a, you know, and that's been a struggle. But nine times out of 10, I think it's, it's the mindset. It's how you choose to look at everything. And, you know, I could be saying, well, I'm in a lot of pain at the moment, but actually that to me is just showing me that I need to look after myself. I need to go speak to an expert. I need to go and get it sorted out. So those are actually all really positive things. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very joyous. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're incredibly positive. So do you have any other final words of wisdom to share with our listeners? Uh, I, I said, but you know, it just sat, there's just so many cliches, but they are cliches for a reason and it does work. And I think it is, if you want to do something, please, please, please just go and do it. And I've talked about it earlier, but, you know, sit down, write down your goals, tell somebody and tell somebody who's going to be supportive, who's going to help you, who wants to help you achieve your goals. And then just start taking those those small steps, those first steps, because it honestly can change your change your life and the direction of your life and, and what you're doing. And you know, I I have gone from working sixteen hours a day in finance, being grey and ill and miserable, to actually having complete control over my life, loving what I do, spreading this message of motivation and inspiration for women and girls. And it's not to say that it's been easy all the time, and I still work incredibly hard. But actually, now I'm doing everything and it's just such a clear purpose and such a clear mission and I'm just so motivated with it and if you can find something that does spark your joy that does motivate you that does make you excited about the start of a new week then that's almost what you've got to follow and, and get doing small steps big goals Sarah thank you so much for joining us here at spark joy you've are truly inspiring to women and girls of every age and it was great having you here Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to chat to you both. Thank you so, so much. We're so glad we got a chance to interview you. I, I feel like I need to go to the gym right now. I'm so motivated. Yeah, I need to find some hiking boots. Something. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. Great. 
Well, to connect with Sarah, you can visit her at toughgirlchallenges.com. You can follow her on Facebook at Tough Girl Challenges and or on Twitter at at underscore tough underscore girl on Instagram at Tough Girl Challenges. And keep in mind, her podcast is Tough Girl Podcast. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. While you're there, sign up to join our Spark Joy podcast community and get notified when each episode airs. You can also join the Spark Joy podcast community on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the handle at Spark Joy Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with Conmari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Conmari Media Incorporated or the Conmari Consultant Community.